Well, hello, CSS Nation. My name is Harry Mullen, and the guy right here is... Purnell, husband. How you doing today, Purnell? I'm doing very well, Harry. How are you? I'm doing excellent, as always. Awesome. Well, we decided to go live today. We have a, you know, two things we wanted to talk about uh, and the uh, that we're going to be bringing up very shortly. And then uh, we're going to open it up for uh, discussion as far as if anybody has any topics or questions they'd like to go ahead and ask two experts in the field, then feel free to go ahead and do so. Content experts, that is. All right. And before we go ahead and get started that with that, uh, I just wanted to uh, remind everybody that, uh, first of all, um, that... You can find us on YouTube at Central Sterilization Solutions. And anytime you like one of our shows, be sure to push the like button and subscribe. And you can also listen to this show later on on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. All right, so let's go ahead and get into uh, today's show. Uh, just uh, two questions uh, for now. Uh, the first question I have uh, for you, Purnell, is... If you work for a toxic boss, is it time to get another job? If you work for a toxic boss, is it time yeah, to get know, another Yeah, you know, somebody job? who uh, <clears throat> perhaps isn't the nicest person around, you know? Mm -hmm. So what do you, what say you? Well, look, I'm uh, real big on, you know, trying to communicate. And um, so I'm guessing if, if I try to communicate with this person, um, try to resolve whatever concerns I I have, and if they're not, you know, responsive, um, then maybe it's time for me to move on because I think the kind of boss you have, you know, is is going to determine, you know, in a lot of cases how well you do. So, um, yeah, I mean, if 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 everything was tried and it's still not working out, yeah, I would definitely move on from that situation. How about you? I come from a different uh, point of view at times because sometimes, you know, it's it's like, do you, do you even recognize that you're in a toxic relationship? Mm. You know, because you start doubting yourself and it's like, well, is it me? Is it them? And stuff. So, you know... I sometimes that, you know, I ask myself, you know, well, what is toxic and stuff like that? And it's taken me many years to, to kind of start to identify, uh, when, uh, finding out that I'm actually in a toxic relationship with my boss. And I just oh, remember, really? I remember one time that, uh, you know, I had a job down in San Diego. I won't, uh, name the name of the hospital, but, uh, you know, Come the on, you could tell us, you could tell us. Come I was going to just say that the initials were. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so anyway, and the good thing is I know that uh, my boss uh, that I had, uh, then the director I reported to is no longer there. So no, no big deal. But, uh, you know, things were going great for the first seven months. It looked like I had a great relationship going on with the staff, with, uh, with the OR management, with but the perioperative director who I reported to. And then unfortunately, uh, 
you know, there was a situation where uh, one of the staff members in sterile processing used the wrong product uh, to flush an instrument, and they used uh, instrument milk instead of using uh, sterile water or, uh, you know, water itself. Uh, and so they sterilized it, and it ended up congealing inside the, the lumen. And so when it got used on a patient, it came out, and it dissolved right away. Luckily, the instrument milk is designed so it's not, you know, toxic uh, to a patient. But still, at first, they thought it was bio burden. You know, through through uh, investigation, found out what would you know what went wrong, and uh, you know got with the quality manager, uh, depart quality department to to work on you know how do we prevent something like this in the future. And I mean, it worked really super hard, but I started noticing that uh, the tone from the operating room, the uh, the fact that, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, their attitude started to change. And lo and behold, you know, even though we had a person from the, uh, what was it, uh, from the board of directors, no, are you okay? Hello. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Why are you off screen? Let's see this now, folks. This is a toxic relationship right here. Here we go. Yeah. Trying to trying to get it working. Trying to get it okay. working. Here oh, your go. camera went out. Okay, I can. I yeah. understand. Well, hey, at least I can hear you. That's okay. Here, here it anyway, comes. Here it comes. There it is. <laughs> but, but anyway, we We're had back. a board of a board member come in and look at our processes <laughs> that we had put up to make sure that we didn't have an incident like this happen in the uh, in the future ever again. And he was really pleased. He uh, said that this is something that we can take back to the board of directors, and they'll be extremely happy. And you would think that that would have uh, made my boss happy, uh, but unfortunately, um, it didn't. And even after he left, things just started getting even worse. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, after all my years of experience and dealing with different situations, uh, it, it became unbearable. It got to the point where, um, honestly, I think I was feeling starting to feel uh, panic attacks uh, mm -hmm. in you know, and so at that point, that's when it was like, you know, before I would like put, you know, I've had, you know, I've worked with the managers before in the past that uh, haven't been uh, the most knowledgeable, the nicest person and stuff like that. But it was like, well, you know, he he is who he is and that's that. But this situation, it was just uh, got to the point where I finally said, that's it. I've I've got to leave. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it almost broke me and, you know, yeah. like, and it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an easy thing. So yes, I, I and a long story short, I agree with you. you know, if you're in a toxic mm -hmm. relationship with your boss, if your boss is top, uh, toxic, then you need to see about, uh, leaving and finding a job where you're happy because, you know, a lot of facilities talk about life balance. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's so important that we keep our lives balanced between our work lives and our home lives and uh, because we need to stay healthy. And Absolutely. Stuff, so. yep. Yeah, I mean, move on. It's just, you know, self-preservation, right? Uh, preservation. 
um, you know, you know when it's not a good relationship and some people prolong it because a necessity, but like you said, you know, stress is a, is a major, you know, contributor to heart problems and yeah, absolutely. Um, strokes and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, just move on. Hey, uh, before we uh, go on to the next question, I just want to do a, a couple of shout outs there because I see <laughs> that there's somebody named Ash out there that uh, uh, shared the posts. Uh, we have Anna who uh, gave us a thumbs up. Ash also gave us a heart. Uh, she really uh, she likes it. Uh, and yes. I can see that we have at least four people viewing right now. So, again, at the beginning of the show, I said, if you like the show, be sure to like us, uh, subscribe. Are those, uh, are, are those the four people that you paid? <laughs> you, I, I think you told me. Uh, no, you know what? And I think we, you just insulted one of them because one of them dropped off. Now we have three. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I guess I didn't pay them enough. But uh, and no, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but, uh, Hey, those that are watching, feel free to, uh, go ahead and, uh, write a comment. If you have any questions for us, feel free to, uh, to go ahead and ask a question and, uh, we'll do, uh, cause today we're just basically, we decided to go live and we decided to just, uh, what's that term? Riff it. Yeah. Riff old, old jazz term improvisation. Yeah. We're just riffing it and going off the head. Just, yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, so then uh, the next question that I have is, uh, and it kind of ties into the first one, you know, when you have a toxic boss, is uh, when a job is not turning out as you expected, you know, do you quit or do you stay? You know, that's, that's the question I have. And, uh, you know, Boy, my 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 thought process right now is like if it's not what it's expected, especially if you had that toxic boss. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know I can't say what it was. What's in my mind because uh, this is a family show. So <laughs> PG thirteen, definitely PG thirteen. Not rated R. Not rated X. So, um, you know what? <sighs> Uh, to, to answer this question, it goes again. It goes back to the toxic boss. That uh, if it's not turning out the way you expected, uh, goes back to life balance. You've got to. Uh, I wouldn't say immediately quit, but start looking. If you're not happy, if it's not what you thought it was going to be like, start looking for uh, another place to go, and uh, definitely don't stay. Yeah, I think, you know, people are really good about their instincts. I mean, sometimes you walk into a place and you do a shift and you're like, you know what? Um, I'm good. You know, this isn't yeah. the place for me. And sometimes, you know, so people's instincts are really good. Trust your instincts. And, um, you know, not every place is for everyone. And if the job just isn't what, you know, you thought it was going to be, Again, communicate. Maybe you can resolve something, perhaps. But again, if that's not the case, um, you know, no one to say when and move on. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I think a lot of travelers uh, end up, uh, you know, 
they leave a hospital that maybe have been at a facility for a long period of time and they decide, you know, I don't want to start working for a registry. Where I'm working at right now is not necessarily, uh, you know, where I want to be. I'm not making enough money. So they go decide to go the, to become a traveler and stuff. And uh, so I think, you know, that is definitely a situation where you may not necessarily uh, – where it may not turn out as you expected and stuff. Cause uh, well, I mean, but that's the nature of doing that kind of work, right? You, yeah. You, if well, you're going to travel, you're going to expect the unexpected. And yeah. The, what I like about being a traveler though, you know, cause at times, you know, Pernell, you and I will go out on a, on an assignment or something like that to yeah. uh, do an interim job. Yeah. And, you know, you, I say you, you stick it out for the original contract of what you, uh agreed to but the the great thing is is that at the end of the contract you have the right to whether you want to go ahead and extend that contract uh if the employer is offering that to you or mm -hmm. to let them know that no that it's uh you know I yeah. I'd like another assignment I don't want to stay at this particular facility and a lot of people like that control. You know, you have control of your destiny. You know, you yeah. go in and you do that initial contract. And I've known, like you, travelers that, you know, I've worked with, um, you know, that were with the hospital for, you know, two, three years. You know, I mean, they you find a niche sometimes and, you know, you do your thing. Um, you do your job well and... People want to have you around. I mean, I've worked with with really good travelers who, you know, right. I've tried to hold on to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, quick shout out to uh, Lindsay Brown. She gave us uh, one of the people that gave us a, a heart. We're up to six. Okay, now that's looking like the the six people that I paid. That's more like it because it was like before it was four, and it was like. <laughs> I don't know I paid more than four people to, to sign on to the show. <laughs> so again, in the uh, in, money's in working, you should be able to make a comment and uh, we should be able to see it in our, uh, in our studios oh. here, hopefully. <laughs> so uh, yeah. anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the fact that uh, we do have people that are uh, definitely are showing up. Uh, it fluctuates, uh, fluctuates uh, here and there, the numbers and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. So, how has the COVID situation um, affected um, the sterile processing world? You know, what kind of changes um, have happened to sterile processing during this? Um, period of time with those changes here to stay. How do people feel about, you know, all of that? Well, that's a good question to put out there for people. You know, how has COVID affected you in this job? You know what, uh, that uh, real quick, uh, it's not going to take very long, but uh, let's go ahead and hear from our education specialist. All right. The job market right now is, I feel much better than it was even when I went in. As the result of the COVID pandemic that we've had, our profession has been even under more spotlight and given even more of an opportunity. We're infection control 
were infection preventionists and breaking the chain of infection and destroying viruses is our job and it's what we're trained to do as professionals. That field is going to keep growing and growing. The sterile processing field is a great way to come into the hospital setting. Again, you're coming right into the operating room. Well, we're back after that. Again, that was our educational specialist, Ken Croto. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, you know what? Highly intelligent. Uh, uh, one of the very few techs that I've never known that uh, went brand new into uh, the field, uh, just took on the responsibility of uh, learning what he needed to learn, and uh, within 18 months was uh, promoted from a technician to a supervisor at his facility. And he, you know, when he, once he became a supervisor, he was just tearing it up, you know, holding everybody accountable, uh, his team and his team loved him uh, for, you know, for holding them accountable. And I think the OR got a, a, an, a an awakening, so to speak, uh, with him uh, getting that position. And it, uh, uh, he did, he did a lot of good changes, you know, while he was there and stuff. But uh, you know what? I just didn't like the fact that uh, he was working for us part-time and uh, and for the hospital full-time. And so, you know, we had to pull that trigger and I had to get him out of there to, you know, to become uh, our full-time uh, educational specialist for, for uh, central sterilization solutions. He's awesome. So anyways, going back to that question that uh, that you asked, Purnell, and that uh, Ken had uh, talked a little bit about in that little uh, preview that we just showed. Um, you know what? I'm really shocked at a lot of the practices that have been going on um, since COVID hit. You know, um, a lot of things that I don't understand that happened and uh, and why. You know, the shortages on, let's say, the N95 masks. Mm -hmm. uh, even today, we have shortages. Uh, there's the blue wrap shortage. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why is there a shortage when actually, if anything, surgeries went down, mm -hmm. uh, the caseload went down. And if these manufacturers just kept on with their, uh, with their normal practices of uh, manufacturing their products, uh, there should have been an abundance of supplies available. Now, the N95 mask, I definitely understood some of the shortages there. Um, here in, it was either in uh, Northern California or, let's say, Oregon, but it was uh, SEIU that was reported in the news that they had a couple of million masks, N95 masks, that they were hoarding during this uh, early on in the uh, pandemic and uh, when it was found out, uh, the government threatened them and they were like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, we're going to give them away for free. You know, uh, well, of course, because the government was going to fine them heavily for it. But but the practice after because of the shortage of going in and sterilizing them, you know, using hydrogen peroxide uh, right. gas you know, plasma to sterilize them. And uh, and I didn't understand that because it's like, well, you know, where's the efficacy uh, you know, of that, you know, doing that. So, uh, you know, that is definitely the question that I ask is, you know, what was the scientific proof that you could effectively clean the product 
and then sterilize. And then what studies showed that the hydrogen peroxide was totally out of the mask prior to it going back onto somebody's face and potentially breathing in uh, chemicals and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, this um, unprecedented um, COVID situation really um, impacted, I mean, everybody so, you know, so seriously, um, you know, our supply chain, you know, <clears throat> not only the manufacturing, because then, you know, the manufacturers that were making drapes or whatever had to turn and focus a lot of their energies towards making um, other things, um, you know, that were more priority. Um, I just think it just, it threw the whole system for, you know, a loop. And I think in a lot of cases, we just, you know, weren't adequately prepared. Right. Um, you know, the whole, the whole mask thing, um, the reprocessing, you know, there just initially, there just was not a lot of, you know, um, clear discussion um, about that. I um, mean, not a lot of good information was being put out very early on. Um, but again, I think that was just a product of the times and, and what was happening. And, um, you know, we weren't communicating as effectively, you know, collectively as we, as we should have been. Right. Um, so hopefully for the next whatever, you know, um, we're better prepared. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I have a, a follow-up on that, um, but before I do, so uh, we did get a couple comments. Uh, we had Melissa who asked what was the internet, internet link, and I'm assuming on at the end of the commercial with Ken talking about COVID and what was going on, uh, I have the link at the bottom of the screen there scrolling. It's centralsterilizationschool.com. It's one of two parts of our company. We, we do con uh, consulting as well as we do education to help people get certified. So there is that. Um, and so Melissa says, yes, I get it. that's what she uh, uh, was asking. So that's the, the link is there. Uh, reach out, uh, you know, and go check us out there. Another uh, Facebook user, they, by the way, uh, if you want us to know, your, see your names, uh, uh, you know, when you respond, uh, like Melissa, we see that it was Melissa. Uh, you have to uh, click on and give StreamYard permission to be able to, uh, to see your name for us to be able to see it. Otherwise, it's just Facebook user. Yeah, because we want to display it, you know, on the platform here. Yeah. So one of the other questions for now, um, mm -hmm. when going back to, the, you know, the travelers and stuff like that, uh, yeah. we had somebody who asked, do hospitals hold staffing agencies accountable if travelers come in and don't follow basic industry standards? Um, I'm going to let yes. you uh, start that. What would you do as a manager? And I know you've been in this situation. Do you hold yeah. agencies accountable or do you hold the traveler accountable? Well, 
I mean, first of all, you know, hospitals are going to require um, competencies on anyone who comes in as a traveler. So first off, we want to see what, you know, this person um, is capable of doing. Um, and everyone that comes into that department, you know, um, you know, we have to assume as a professional and, you know, in every aspect of that. So in dealing with people and in doing your work, and that would entail, you know, following the best practices, um, you know, that are wide, widely used in cell processing. And if there are people who are not living up to that, then, yeah, I mean, there's processes that we can use to hold them and or their organization accountable in some way. I mean, we don't get into the legalities of all of that. That's not our world. But the hospital does have um, its processes for those kinds of situations. Right. And well, whole I can tell you. Yeah, and I, I can tell you when, uh, you know, as a manager of a sterile processing department, if I have a traveler that comes in or a registry person, you know, depending on uh, what, you know, you want, what uh, term you want to use, uh, that I first hold the, the individual that if they're not following uh, the basic industry standards, then... Um, I hold them accountable. I, you know, I do education just like with any new employee coming into the department. But to me, the probationary period for a traveler is probably shorter um, because you're you're actually paying a premium price. The hospital has to pay, you know, uh, a higher price than they do for a regular employee. You know, so for people to understand, you know, uh, here in California, I know that. A lot of travelers, they get uh, paid, let's say, $25 an hour uh, to come in and work. And that's it. They're not getting benefits usually, uh, depending on the company you're working for. But they're getting, uh, let's say, $25 an hour. But that's not what the uh, agency is paying or getting paid by the hospital, you know, because they have to pay the traveler, plus they have to get paid uh, for being an employment service. So typically, I, I, it's off the top of my head, I would imagine they're charging anywhere, the hospital anywhere from $50 an hour to $75 an hour to have one of their employees come in, and that's per person. So to me, the probationary period for a traveler would be a lot shorter that if they're not willing to learn it, now if i see somebody's willing to learn that perhaps they just didn't know and they're willing to take the uh the make the changes and they're improving then you know then i i go ahead and keep them uh but if you have somebody who's just not you know it has a total disregard of the standards uh i get rid of them and then I'll call the registry and I'll let them know that, hey, we, you know, send me somebody else. And if I get uh, the same type of employee, uh, then what I'm going to do is, you know, send them back. And at that point, I will see about uh, utilizing another company. So that's how we can hold the, uh, the agencies uh, accountable for what they're doing or the type of people that they're sending us. 
and stuff. And usually, you know, when I was the educator at UCLA, um, we didn't just have one agency that we selected uh, employees. I mean, we had uh, three or four different agencies that we were able to pull st uh, staffing from when we when we needed it and stuff. So it's very important to, uh, you know what? We, we hold our staff uh, accountable. We have to hold the agencies accountable. We well, have to hold the travelers accountable. We're overall accountable for the product that comes out of that department. So absolutely anybody who anybody who enters into the department uh yeah we're going to hold them to a certain standard and if they're not meeting that then you know we got to go absolutely now we had another comment uh where another facebook user said that they had some questions regarding sterilization on masks and the uh, efficiencies and also documentation but they didn't follow up with what the actual uh, uh, question was and so uh, if you're still watching uh, please feel free to go ahead and put your uh, question in um, and hold on a second I'm being paged by my daughter because she's telling me that they're going for food and I'm going to tell her that I'm, I'm good I, I, just a simple no I don't need any food <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, we can, you know, again, sterilization of masks. We we brought it up because of that was one of the shortages, you know, for uh, PPEs. And so hospitals did what they had to do in order to try to mitigate uh, the circumstances. Um, I think uh, I think the facility that I used to work at, Maybe it was a good thing that I left when I did um, because as a content expert, I myself would not have allowed the sterilization of N95 masks uh, coming in because, again, I go back to what scientific proof do we know that the hydrogen peroxide would have been completely removed from the masks and uh, and how is it that you can say that you cleaned a mask because you can't wash them, you know, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's, it's unheard of. I mean, I just, I get speechless and stuff when it comes to that. So uh, documentation, we, you know, document, document, document. That is our job. It's one of our primary jobs. Uh, and, uh, by the way, real quick interruption here. Another Facebook uh, user said, Purnell, amen, uh, Purnell. That was exactly my point. Regardless of employment, SPD professionals should be held to the same standard. Thanks for addressing the question. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, posting uh, the question when it comes to, you know, whether we, what we do with agencies and what we do with travelers. So, um, also, One exactly, standard. Harry, One you standard. answered my question. Thank you. Well, okay, was the question on masks or was it on travelers or stuff like that? So, but thank you it? very much. You know, we re re really do appreciate that. So, um, but anyways, going back to uh, the mask, you know, the documentation, it is imperative that right or wrong, whether the, the practice was right or wrong, it's what took place, it's what the FDA uh, and the CDC said was acceptable for the current situation. And uh, so 
uh, masks. By the way, the uh, person is <laughs> exactly Harry asking questions about the mask or answering about the mask. So again, it goes back to uh, you know the documentation. Again, right or wrong, uh, we have to properly document. Uh, but the question is, what to actually document? You know, is uh, is the question. It's like, what department is it coming from? What was who is the user? Is that mask going back to that same user? Would be my question because I know certainly if if I got a uh, a sterilized mask coming back to me, um, I'd want to know whether or not it was the mask that I turned in. Um, I would have probably written my name on it prior to sending it to sterile processing if I was one of those individuals up on the the, the floors and stuff. So, yeah, I think most places had a process have a had a process in place to to address those concerns i just you know um yeah i don't have too much more to, to add yeah well you know what uh Purnell, i just uh we typically like to keep our shows to uh 30 minutes if we can and uh we've gone 33 minutes and so first of what all are you I saying, want, Harry? what are you saying what are you saying i'm saying it's probably time to uh to uh to cut it uh cut it oh. short now but uh, I do want to say thank you for all of those uh, Facebook users that posted their questions to Melissa, who uh, had also uh, see you, Melissa. asked about the internet link. I really appreciate that, uh, that you stayed on with us. Uh, for all the likes that we got during the, uh, during the show, and I know Lindsay Brown was on the show, or not on the show, but she was uh, watching. And... Uh, um, and we really do appreciate each and every one of you that actually, uh, took the time to stay with us, you know? Yeah. So again, Facebook user, uh, if you're the, if you're the one who typed in all those questions or, and statements, there is a way for you to click in, uh, I'll have to do an informational video on how to do it, but you can give permission to uh, StreamYard so, so that we can see who you are. Uh, by the way, any of you, if you're not currently a member of CSS Nation, CSS it's a group Nation. on. Yep, CSS Nation on Facebook, come and join. The only requirement is that either you are a sterile processing tech educator, manager, something sterile processing, or even if you're a vendor that uh, supports general processing come in and jo uh, join us uh, we want to make it the largest sterile processing group there is uh, the whole purpose of the uh, of the uh, CSS nation is education information uh, and the whole point is to be respectful to one another that's one of the things that I think COVID during uh, on the internet really brought out is the uh, nastiness i guess of people reacting to different Ooh. things and it's they only did it because it's like well nobody knows who i am and you know and what can they do right. uh and uh i see that uh melissa you just asked to join css nation when i get off the show i will approve that uh welcome to uh cs nation css nation i'm glad you watched the show and uh so pernell yes real quick real quick Anything to say? I tell you what, 
I know what you think I'm going to say, but I'm not going to say that. Before that, I'm going to say, I want to thank on behalf of Harry and Central Sterilization Solutions, all of the good people out there who have been following along. Um, we're doing this show with you guys in mind. We've been there, we've kind of done that, um, but still learning every day. We so appreciate the good people out there doing um, this very necessary work. And uh, we want to advocate um, for all of you guys out there. And we hope with this platform and doing what we're doing uh, on here, um, you, you, you can see that and help us out with that. Um, thank you so much for all you do. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? The uh, We have the heroes on the front line, but let's all remember the heroes behind the scenes that allowed the heroes to be heroes. Because my opinion is, absolutely, we need the doctors, we need the nurses, the technicians on the floors. But you know what? Thumbs up to all the sterile processing techs behind the scene that nobody knows who we are or what we do and the support that you gave the hospital uh, in order to be able to get through uh, the pandemic. And it's not over yet. Hopefully, knock on wood, it uh, will get this uh, through this uh, very quickly. So all I, I have to say is stay safe out there. COVID's not fun. Uh, and one last time for now, any last words? We'll be back.